Welcome to Paul Martin's Catholic Podcast. I'm Paul Martin. I used to be a Presbyterian, then Pentecostal lay preacher. After studying the Bible and church history afresh, I converted to Catholicism in December 2017. And I'm talking today about a very hot topic in the Catholic Church and in society as a whole, and that's the problem of pedophilia, pedophilia in society and in the church. And when I was a boy, my father was a Presbyterian minister, and he used to go to the minister's fraternity, that is, all the local pastors, priests, ministers in the town would have a monthly get-together. And one place where my father served as Presbyterian minister, he turned up to the door of the minister's fraternity where the Uniting Church minister was. The Uniting Church is a Protestant denomination. It was based in on a union of the Presbyterian, Methodist and Congregational churches. And the minister there of the Uniting Church was there to greet my father. He had a Dracula cape on and he was holding a glass of wine in one hand and a feminine cigar holder like the one Cruella de Vil has in the 101 Dalmatians and he was eyeing my father very intently to look for his reaction. He gave my dad a very creepy vibe and uh, my father described these New Testaments that they were distributing to the locals and this creepy man with the Dracula cape, this minister, scoffed at it and said that if he had one of those Bibles, he would put it in the round file, which by that he meant the rubbish bin. And my father said in retrospect he should have rebuked him, but he was just too shocked at the time. A short while later, this creepy man was sent to prison because he did a pastoral visit to a disabled man in a wheelchair and he raped this disabled man over the period of an entire weekend, which uh, I can only imagine the horror, the pain and the degradation that it must have been like for that victim. About that same time, our family was friends with a lot of children who were in the independent Baptist church. And some of these children told us about some of the sexual things they were doing with other children in that community, which I was young at the time and it made no sense as to why children would want to do that with each other. It wasn't until I was much older I knew that that was a symptom of being sexually abused. And by the time I was a teenager, in the early 1990s, I began to hear about a lot of reports of sexual abuse by Catholic priests. And the first thought that came to my mind was, wow, they've got problems in their church just like we do in Protestant churches. There was, of course, 
however, a very high incidence of reports in the Catholic Church, but I realised that this had to take into account the fact that there was over a billion Catholics in the world. So numerically, there would be a higher incidence of Catholics, but proportionally, is it the same? Well, first we're going to look at pedophilia in society and in our culture. Pedophilia, it seems, in the past generations were more naive or ignorant or often more tolerant of sexual abuse or the sexual exploitation of children. In 1958, the British media was shocked by Jerry Lee Lewis, who was 22 years old, uh, when they found out that he was married to his cousin, Myra Gail Brown, who was also 13 years old. Nevertheless, he still was able to have a successful musical career despite that. Elvis Presley, who they call the King of Rock, had many sexual affairs with often underage 14-year-old girls. So the man who sung He Touched Me had uh, one of his girlfriends was, was Dixie Locke, who was 15 years old. He was also Priscilla Presley, his future wife. He started dating her when she was 14 years old and she says that he did everything sexual with her except for penetration. Uh, there was also that 1970s band The Scorpions, a German band, and they did an album in 1976 called Virgin Killer and on the front cover it featured a nude 10 year old girl. The band ABBA did a song called When I Kissed the Teacher. And there was the filmmaker Roman Polanski, who in the late 1970s fled from America to France, where he was given a safe haven because he was guilty of statutory rape, that is, sex with a 13-year-old girl. He never got prosecuted. He never went to jail. He still had a successful career as a filmmaker. Another filmmaker and publisher of books was David Hamilton. In the 1970s and 80s, he produced several films and published several books that had photos of underage female nudity. There was a film in the 1970s called Adolescent Malice or Maladolescenza. It was some Italian West German production and it had nudity and sexual scenes of an 18-year-old boy with two 11-year-old girls. Uh, eventually, due to public outcry, it was banned and classified as child pornography. And... Only by the 1980s did they start outlawing uh, corporal punishment in many schools. Up until the 1980s, it was legally allowed and considered normal for school teachers to spank 
uh, their students on the bare bottom. And so by the 1980s, that was outlawed. By the 1990s, they didn't allow people access to children unless they had a police check that could clear them. And in the 1990s in Australia, they also introduced mandatory reporting, meaning that professionals such as doctors and school teachers and nurses were forced to report uh, cases of child abuse where they could reasonably suspect that child abuse had occurred. In many parts of the world, however, sexual abuse is still common. I read a case in Arkansas about a 74-year-old man in 2017 who married a 14-year-old girl. In Iran, the Islamic Republic of Iran, they allow nine-year-old girls to get married. In Saudi Arabia, young girls can get married. There's no law against it because their prophet Muhammad married a nine-year-old girl, Aisha. So... Sexual abuse, it's only in the last few decades that our society has really begun to see the large problem that it is and to try and deal with it and not be so naive to it. We've had many celebrities who probably should have gone to prison for what they did, but because they were celebrities, they got away with it. And we also live in a world where... Other forms of child abuse are accepted as normal, such as child labour or abortion. Abortion, of course, is the murder, the butchery of a child, a baby. And child labour, many of the sports clothing and shoe footwear that people wear comes from child labour. And I have no doubt that future generations will condemn this generation for being tolerant of that. Just as today we condemn the past generations for being fairly tolerant of sexual abuse. So what about sexual abuse in the Catholic Church? I frequently debate and argue with Protestants and other people and, and one of the main arguments they use against Catholicism is the fact that there are many cases of sexual abuse by priests. Uh, often, though, I suspect that it's just a cruel attempt to try and win an argument. And when I've shown some of these same people cases of widespread sexual abuse in Protestant churches they go into denial or they laugh it off and say, ah, but look at the Catholic Church. So we're going to look at what does the Catholic Church teach then? And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Jesus said, beware of ravening wolves who come to infiltrate. Matthew chapter 18, verses 5 and 6 Jesus said that those who harm children, they'd be better off having a millstone put around their neck and drowned. And in the book of Jude, which is just one chapter long, in verses 4, 7 and 19, it talks about sexually perverse men who have infiltrated their church. So Jesus warned it, the apostle Jude spoke of it, 
happening in their church, and it is a sad but unfortunate reality, that sexual perverts are there in society, and many of them therefore have infiltrated churches. The Catholic Catechism condemns child abuse in no uncertain terms. In the Catholic Catechism, paragraph 2356, it says rape is always an intrinsically evil act. Graver still is the rape of children. So the question that the Catholic faith itself vehemently condemns pedophilia, but yet pedophiles come into the church. And the question is why? And the answer is because pedophiles are very devious, very clever. What they do is they generally aim for two kinds of careers. They either aim for a career that gives them access to children, so being a priest or a rabbi or a pastor or an imam, a school teacher, a child care worker. So they will often aim for a career that gives them access to children or they will go for a career that gives them power and influence. And many of them are police officers, high court judges, lawyers. Why? Think about it. If they're lawyers, they can help other pedophiles get out of a prosecution or they can find whatever loopholes and save themselves from being sent to jail. Sometimes police officers have seized child pornography and then used it for their own satisfaction. And then, of course, something that's very creepy is there are many judges in court who themselves are pedophiles and they get and and they love their job because they can do two things in their job they can get other pedophiles off scot free or with a very lenient sentence and they get to listen to cases of sexual abuse in other words they get sexually excited and turned on listening to the horrors of rape that someone has been through. And of course, school teachers, many of them commit sexual abuse of children, both male and female school teachers are known to do this. And yet, nobody equates school teachers with pedophiles. Nobody says we should get rid of the educational system because of what a minority of school teachers are doing. Nobody says we should get rid of the police and our court and justice system because a minority of police and lawyers and judges are pedophiles. It's more that these evil people get into these industries in order to abuse children. So what are the statistics then for pedophilia in society? And what are the statistics on the Catholic Church and the priesthood? According to uh, one Seto in their 2009 article called Pedophilia from the 
Annual Review of Clinical Psychology in Volume 5, pages 391 to 407. They talk about the prevalence of pedophilia in society and they say that less than 5% of men are pedophiles. They either feel attracted to children or they they act on those impulses. So roughly 4% of men, there is that problem. The vast majority of pedophiles are men. Some statistics say 1% to 3% are women. But from the race, R-A-A-C-E, Race Against Abuse of Children Everywhere, and on their website, raace.org, they have done a lot of statistics and studies on pedophilia and they say it's about 10 to 20% of female and 80 to 90% of offenders are male. And they're all kinds of people. They're rich men, poor men, old men, young men, married and single, male and female. So, and they're not all creepy-looking, ugly, smelly-looking people. Many of them are actually very good-looking people with a lot of charisma and a lot of friends. Some of them are men that a lot of the ladies fancy. And that's the, that's the thing about it, is that people often don't want to think something about someone who's good-looking and has a lot of charisma. Or we don't want to, some people don't want to believe that women commit sex offences. But, you know, as long as we're ignorant and in denial of reality, we're not going to be able to effectively fight pedophilia. So there are all kinds of people mostly male, but a significant minority are female. And they come from every different socio-economic class, every different religious background or no religion. And about one in three girls and one in seven boys, they say, is sexually abused by age 18. And in over 90% of abuse cases, the child knows the abuser. So, in a lot of schools, they teach children about stranger danger and they build high walls in the school to keep predators out. And that's a good thing. But that's only preventing about less than 10% of cases of abuse. The best way is to teach children that Nobody has the right to touch you in an inappropriate way. And if someone has touched you in an inappropriate way that leaves them feeling confused or scared or angry or upset, they're not in trouble, they haven't done anything wrong and they can talk to someone about it. And according to the RAACE group, 40% of perpetrators of sexual abuse are children themselves. So there's a high incidence of children sexually abusing or fondling one another, usually because they themselves 
have been abused by an adult. And if they don't get proper counselling and help, they're liable to continue doing that. So a look at the Catholic Church then. We may never know with absolute certainty the exact numbers of priests that are. You can have guilty men who get away with it and you can have innocent men who are falsely accused. And Thomas G. Planty, uh, from Psychology Today, August the 23rd, 2018, wrote an article called Separating Facts About Clergy Abuse from Fiction. And this is a man that for many decades has been involved in researching uh, sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. And he says there's no empirical evidence to say that it is higher among Catholic priests than any other religion. He says that it reached a peak of about 4% of priests in the 1970s and then began to decline dramatically by the early 1980s. So back in the decades past, when society was more ignorant and tolerant of pedophilia in those examples I gave earlier, there was a higher level of abuse occurring in the Catholic Church. The 4% number is the national average that the annual review of clinical psychology showed of men. And the John Jay College of Criminal Justice showed 4.2% of priests from 1950 to 2002 uh, confirms that statistic were pedophiles. He also says that being celibate or being homosexual as a priest doesn't turn anyone into a pedophile. Uh, and clerical abuse has greatly declined since 2002 due to safety and accountability practices. Most cases that are reported today are historical cases that occurred before that time. Uh, which It's like that in my Catholic church, which I go to. If you want any involvement in that church at all, whether it's reading scriptures or helping out with anything, you have to have a police check. If you even go to their office and you sign in, they expect you to write your police check number. You're working with children check card, um, which I had to get one to do, which I was happy to. I had one that had just expired and I got it renewed. And the priests in my church, the nuns, all of them have police checks. And as they said, we value the safety of children and vulnerable adults, that is, adults with a physical or mental disability. And not to change the subject, but the US Department of Education, in the same article by Thomas G. Planty, found 5 to 7% of public school teachers were pedophiles. Now, that's higher 
than the number of priests. But there's also a gender bias in that statistic since most school teachers are female and the great majority of pedophiles are male. And since all Catholic priests are male, if you were to get all Catholic priests versus all male school teachers, you'd have a higher proportion. And this is in no way meant to disrespect male school teachers, or any school teachers for that matter, only to point out society's double standard. So we have to ask, well, why, why are there more reports about the Catholic Church? Well, as I stated before, there's about 1.3 billion Catholics in the world. And there's well over 400,000 priests. That's getting towards half a million. So you will get a few bad eggs in the box who have done a lot of evil. But the question is... What can we do to reduce child abuse? And let me say that even one child being sexually abused is one child too many. One priest committing these offences is still one priest too many. I believe that information is our best weapon. We have to train people in recognising the symptoms of child abuse and in understanding how it affects children and how children can get effective counselling and prayer to be healed from what's happened. Another reason why the Catholic Church is vilified a lot is because the media tends to sensationalise it more with Catholicism than they do with other institutions like schools and uh, courts or other religions. There was a fake news article saying that Pope Francis had forgiven 4,444 priests in Australia for sexual abuse. This, of course, is complete garbage. Australia doesn't even have 4,444 priests. We have about 3,000 priests, and the vast majority of them are good, honest men, not pedophiles. You've got to be very suspicious, of course, when you get a fake news article with such a well-rounded number in uh, multiples of four. And then there was another article by a bishop in Australia that he had said that pedophilia was a gift from God. Once again, that of course is garbage and lies and certainly none of the mainstream media picked up on that, which they would have if it was true, but they knew that it was fake news. So there is a lot of fake news, but fake news does not give us an excuse to be slack. People may have been slack on sexual abuse in the past, but we can learn from our mistakes and we can all work together to prevent child abuse. Thank you for listening. God bless you.